Welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and power bombing you right in the ear holes today. No podcation here. No podcation here. No podcation. You beat me to it. <laughs> back to back weeks, my yeah, brother. Yeah, I like that. Love it. Um, and we have nothing to talk about, but. What? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> a, couple, yeah, a couple things, but. First, I want to start off with what happened to our intro music. Do you oh. keep forgetting the music? Well, or what's okay. Up? Actually, there's a good excuse today. Last week, I forgot the speaker. <laughs> People don't know our little janky system of playing music. Uh, I forgot the speaker last week. Well, this week, for our, our listeners and watchers' pleasure, we have three camera angles. Now, using the camera angles, we have to use your iPhone, my iPhone, and my iPad for these. You mean so? You mean all these boys? Hey there! Look at you! Look at me! Oh hey, man, I look hey. good! <laughs> look at you! I'm look at me! Look at me! Representing Knuckles, you say what? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little boring today. You, but now I'm a little dull. Yeah, just but black and gray. Can't go wrong with black and gray, though. So yeah, we have three camera angles uh, today. So we have I I have no way to play music. Okay. So, you know what we need? You know what we need? We need like an intro, like we need a, like a, a jingle or whatever you call it, like a little, like an opening song. You know, that's, how can we, that's what we need. Someone to yeah, write it. I was going to say we need something. Yeah. And, but it, Like, yeah. and everyone hears it and like, they think, eat, they live, the executioners. So our own, our own, our own thing. Yeah. That's a good ass idea. Yeah. I like that. I don't. Who, do, you know what? One of our, we have a listener. How about Aaron Kellum? Oh, his shit is good. He is. He's out there killing it in California. His shit is good. Aaron Kellum. Aaron Kellum, where you at, bud? Where you where at? You at? Uh, see about having him write us a little. Eat. So he, I know he's a, he's a listener. He claims to be a listener. That's a good idea. I don't know. Is he too big time for us at this he point, though? Be, because he is. <laughs> shit, man. And I ain't writing you freaking <laughs> dickweeds a freaking Aaron, intro. Aaron, intro for a t shirt, huh? <laughs> yeah, come there, on, come look on. at this. You want this one? You want the one our faces on it? Look at this. T look at this. Look at this. Come on. Come on, Aaron. <laughs> we'll send it to you, bud. <laughs> That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. We, we got to find somebody. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? You're really not supposed to play the mu like well, other yeah. people's music. So yeah, I wonder if that has anything to do with like once you do that because sometimes like you'll do it on like a Facebook post mm -hmm. and and they'll cancel your post or whatever. Yeah, you somebody's music or you got to yeah. say this is not my music. Or yeah, I, did I that work? That saying saying that I, I do not own the rights. I have no idea. I've never. <laughs> Facebook's used like music. we're gonna take it down. It's copyright. Oh oh crap! <laughs> that we can't we cannot take it down. They put a I do not own the rights to this music. We had them. We had them. <laughs> you know, if I was if I was like a, a rock band or whatever, say I'm say I'm ACDC, and someone wanted to put Thunderstruck to some video, I'd be like, cool, let them like because like. Like if I put music or something, I've bought it. I've bought it on iTunes generally. Yeah. And it's like all that does is give them exposure. You you'd think it would be a good thing. I don't know. You think if we played that during our intro, <laughs> someone might be like, Oh, I haven't heard that song in forever. I'm and downloading they, it. Download it and go listen. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> all four of our listeners are out there. Oh, I've also been told by our uh, brother Ty that we gotta quit using the four listener joke. He says it's over. It's done. We probably have a few more than four listeners. He said I it's take over. that as a compliment. Thank you, Todd. Thanks, Ty. Okay, we're still we're still going to use I it. I don't. But. I don't think Todd will stop. But I <laughs> well, he he he. Ty is actually the one that told us to quit using the foot, ro foot race thing. Yeah, Remember, we always yeah, used to ask I mean, who would win in a foot race, and Ty's like, "You got you guys quit using that." He's it's, a detailed listener. Yeah, <laughs> he is. 
So yeah. uh, let's talk a little bit about our last podcast. We we didn't we didn't do a little outro on it at all. But Steve Medford came Steve in last. Steve Med- had Medford in great pod. You know what? I I don't listen to our podcast anymore. Uh, I, just because you should. I mean, when you what do you think like how to successfully do a podcast? Make sure you listen to it, critique it, go over it. You know, write down the, the what you've done good, what you do bad, and things like that. But. When I I try every time and I get about four minutes and I just don't like to hear my own voice and I know there's people out there Justin Brown like you don't like to hear your own voice I could have fooled me as much as we all have to hear it but we did a very good job at the beginning of both doing it and then we would talk about it hey mm-hmm. you, you need to do this or I need to do this whatever we were pretty good at it I hated I, it. Can't I hate stand listening it. to myself I love like the part about it's like okay if the, if the if our guests would just talk the whole time and I didn't have to listen to myself, <laughs> I would love this because this is really good. I love yeah. listening to them. I yeah. hate myself. Yeah. And, I, so. and, and I'm sorry for all the people out there that have to listen to my obnoxious <laughs> laugh every day. That's the one that gets me my laugh, laugh. every time. Yeah, I'm like, man, I got to change. I got to work on that. Yeah. But anyway, it is what you, it you is. You just start critiquing yourself in such detail. Yeah. And mine's like, oh, I should have explained that better. Yeah. I had better words for that. But. But anyways, back back to Medford. Uh, I thought he I thought he killed it. I yeah, thought he yeah. took over. He at first I, I think he was nervous. I thought he kept waiting for Big Brother Todd to attack <laughs> him and jump on. It did not happen. We're professionals in here. But I, man, he took over. His stories were good. He he, he described things well. He was he did he he, he had did. me just. I wanted more. I, I I loved it too. And he, you know, it's funny. You know, know how like I've known Medford since like when he was in college. When you know we talked about he went he was in college with Ty and and you said call me big. But I was kind of like you know when you have when your your younger brothers have friends, you kind of become their older brother. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and an older brother, everybody's a little intimidated a little bit. You know, so so I, I've known Medford since like I said since he was back in college, and I'm quite a bit older than him. So no matter how big you get, the you still get that big brother effect a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I've always, I was always given I've always given Medford a hard time, and so I told him when he came in here I was gonna rip him up, and he was he was a little nervous about that. Did, <laughs> you told did you really tell him before he came in? He was gonna, oh yeah, oh, it was your fault <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. But no, he he killed it. Like and it, you know I you shared uh, the post about the podcast, and I can't remember what you said, but something about he like how well he did in here, but how well he does it everything. Basically, yeah, so he, that he, yeah, does. So he came in and took over like everything else he does. Everything else he does, you know, starting with the lawn business and going, you know, what I'm saying, and just building that up when he was in high school and college, and then and then playing basketball and coaching basketball, and now his own business career, like everything, you know. And and I'll go back. I said this on the, on the <clears throat> show, but I I just truly believe it. Being his friend and knowing his story, I mean, the two things that I've always loved was, one, his his lawn mowing business mm-hmm. and the way he ran it, the way he grew it, and then having the smarts at 18 years old going to college yeah. and getting an employee. So he's still over at college making money on all his <laughs> yard steel. I, I love that. And then, two, I can listen to him stories about him starting those first three years or whatever and just going door to door door to door that's starting amazing. in a different town in brighton you know his office is in jerseyville starting in brighton hitting a couple of towns before he you know gets his technique down and his story down and and becomes better before he gets into what would be his his big pawn jerseyville i feel like i'm a pretty outgoing person but i feel like i would have troubles going knocking on doors like that i, I just you know extremely tough yeah. I mean, being a salesman and have to go door to door or even, you know, calling people, it, very difficult. 
And I would never call Medford like super outgoing. No. So it was probably like it probably he had to probably grab the cojones every time he you can see him sitting in his car, like probably has eye of the tiger on, like just getting all pumped up to make himself go up to that door. That's what's such, um, such an amazing story about it. You know, reading John Wooden quotes for memorizing them and telling going over and over repeating them as he walks up to their doorstep yeah yeah you know i did let him and you and i talked about this i did let him off the hook we had him almost crying we we had him there the tears were there and i saved him i did did say i like i took over and started talking if we if we ask one more question like the 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 waterworks are going they're going i'm saying we push that one step farther they're they're happy and for anyone that says i don't have a heart i have a heart i i started talking and took some took some attention off of him he didn't cry like brad wells sorry chief if you're listening <laughs> look we're like oprah we're like oprah you know what i'm saying we're so much like just getting people to drop emotions in here <laughs> um you know and i i loved about like you know not like he also like other like you know he has the edward jones business but he also has he has a lot of rental properties but probably most people didn't know about buying up you know old buildings and having the 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 uh you know the the the, the foresight to, to yes, take over Jersey Main for. Street. Yeah, and and, and now having drive through it and it looks great. You know, yeah, I think he's just kind of spread. Everybody else is like, oh man, look. And he said it too, and it, he touched on like uh, how people thought he was crazy. Someone told him like, I thought you were crazy buying up this, grinding this stuff up, yeah. you know, these old dilapidated buildings. But yeah, Medford was either crazy or a genius. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, now speaking, I, I'm definitely not calling you a genius. We both know that, but that. Uh, and you probably don't want to talk about it, but I don't care. So you just bought a bunch of apartments, didn't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm um, you never really talked about this. What's that? Um, yeah, uh, um, I close on eight more in a couple weeks. That'll give me, that'll be 33 total. 33 units? Yeah, door. Wow. 33 doors. Um, yeah, I bought, yeah, I've just been, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in, in, I don't want my money sitting somewhere and mm-hmm. not working for myself. Not, I want my money to make more money. I'm a firm believer in that, and I'm a firm believer in doing something that you know with your money. Right. And, you know, I, even having Medford in here, the stock market isn't something that I I need to get better at. I need to learn more about it. So yeah. I, I don't feel great putting my money. I have money in it. But growing up in the rental business, that's what our parents yeah, did. Right. You know, I had to go do things for them and seeing how it works. I feel a lot more confident with that. And over the years, save a little money. And that's what I've kind of invested my money in a little bit here and a little bit there. And all of a sudden, I turn around and about to have 33 doors. <laughs> and and the apartments you just bought are like they're what 100 yards, 50 yards from the brick house? Yeah, closing on closing on those right. Now, now. How how many right units now. are in that? There's eight of them. Yeah, so I eight know, apartments in that? Eight apartments. Uh-huh. And I've you know, I've It looks bigger. Does it? Yeah. Well, that's in my store. Looks bigger. Well, they're they're so she said. They're, they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're seven inside and then there's that little uh detached two bedroom house right there next to it uh-huh. and i've always what i've learned over the years that it's it's best not to have neighbors <laughs> <laughs> you know in both our businesses we're not we're not good with the neighbors <laughs> I, I, I love my neighbors at my house but during my business i would like to <laughs> i'd like to control i'd like to better control my property right and as time goes i ha- we have plans to to restore not i don't want to say restore but to bring them up to um 
mo- a little more modern. So I, I'm seeing here's what here's what I'm seeing. You're you're buying these apartments right next to it. So like employees are going to be living there and walking to work. They can never be late. You can always knock on the door, see their car there. <laughs> you got to you're going to have like like your regular customers are going to end up living living there or whatever. So if employees and customers live there, that even for the e- better. Even better. They're, even they're they're all rented out right now. So which is even better. Yeah. So as soon as you I mean it's turnkey operational it pass you know it should pass all the codes and so it's a I think it's a pretty good investment and so yeah I, um, 33 of them now got some offices um, apartments sing- one single family house couple duplexes triplex uh, that'll be my second apartment building nice nice a lot going on, little brother. A lot going on. <laughs> no wonder you were late today. I was late today. <clears throat> I was dealing with. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's uh. <clears throat> sometimes the business is great. Yeah. You know, they, uh, you'd go a month or two. We got no problems, and then all of a sudden you go a month or two, and it's people just in the middle of the night moving out, not telling you, or it's. A renter would never do here's that. Here's an electrical problem. Here's a plumbing problem. Yeah. And they all seem to show up at once. So yeah. it's like, oh, man, I've been doing good. I'm saving this. Oh, there it goes. Mo money, mo problems, yeah. they say. Who says that? Mm, B-I- that Notorious B-I-G? I don't know. I don't know, somebody. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. So uh, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm uh, if I, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't look into getting the bar business also be in the rental business, but it's, it's something I, something I, you know, I enjoy it and I think it's a smart move. And, and here's something, and I, and I can kind of see a reason why that you do that. It's probably a, a, a subconscious reason. And we've kind of talked about this before is we're like, we might have, you know, our businesses might be, you know, semi successful, but we're always scared it could end tomorrow. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm always like, I think I'm one thing away from like just the whole gym going away or people stop coming or just, I always feel that way. I always have that, that, that dread. People was like, like they'll, they'll compliment you. You're, you're doing so good. Look what you've built. I'm like, I never feel that way. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm always like, I'm just, I'm right there. Like, on, you know, you always got to keep moving and trying to get better because I'm always scared. It's just going to end. People are going to quit showing up here. You know, <laughs> we, we talk about it all the time and we both truly feel that. Yeah. I feel like tomorrow at any tomorrow, it could end. Yeah. And so I think that keeps us on our, toe, our toes for sure because we feel that way. Mm-hmm. We don't get comfortable. We're always trying to improve and learn and what can we do better. And that's a big part of it. It's who we are. But having that gut feeling at all times that shit could end tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I, it is, is a motivational factor. But in the starting another business on the other side is a factor of, you know, if shit does really start to go bad at one Hopefully the other one can carry that one for a little while. So it's it's my thought process. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, right? Got to have a backup. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. But yeah, all the time, just just worried all the time. And I think that's what that that's what successful people are like. That they they because they want they have to get better. You can't, can't be complacent. And so I think that scared feeling all the time is you know what makes people better. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This past weekend, we had uh, had your birthday party here. <laughs> you know, before that, you actually was your birthday. <laughs> how 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 was your birthday party? Did you, did you like it? Did you like it being down here? Well, first of all, like I always make fun of people who uh, have like these birthday weeks and birthday months. Do you know what I'm saying? Ty, Ty. Well, our brother, our our brother Ty has two birthdays a year. He has his when his actual birthday is February, which is a winter birthday. And he doesn't like to celebrate it in the wintertime. So then he ends up having a summer, uh, like six months later, he'll have like a summer birthday, <laughs> doesn't he? Yes. But, you know, it's it's just, 
I have good friends, good family, and just, they, you know, as, a, you know, turning 40, you don't turn 40, you know, all, every day. I hope everybody's picking up on that. <laughs> 40. <laughs> but yeah, I had good friends and family who really wanted to celebrate it. You know what I'm saying? It's not, And I'm sure there's people like Justin Brown, oh, yeah, you wanted to have, you threw that party for yourself. I didn't. People wanted to do it. And I felt good about it. I, I felt a little awkward and and goofy about it but yeah you didn't it was, have anything to do with it i i didn't i i tried to stay out of it as much as i could but you know one shout thing out, a shout out to dave galanti dave galanti yeah lots a lot of people did a lot of things we had a food truck we had three or four kegs of beer we had a dessert truck you know you brought down you know tables and uh and donnie b brought down you guys this you know speaker system from the hall so was, somebody said it was like 250 to 300 people there like was there came in and out yeah i mean you and ty were too busy playing ba- taking people's hustling people for bags in bags well but. i got the right teammate and <laughs> <started> rolling. <Yeah. laughs> people were like hey come over and be my teammate and take on you and your brother mm, i don't think so ty ty majored in bags in college i think i don't remember who it was but they came over and they're like yeah todd told us not to play you guys <laughs> But yeah, it it the party was a great time, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was blast. so fun. It, it we it got Whitey out of Whitey out of Calhoun. You know it's big. You know if he if big. he you know what I'm saying I could I could uh, I could visit Iraq easier than we could get Whitey to leave Calhoun and come down here. His timing of leaving <laughs> as Sergeant Margaret <laughs> was showing up was impeccable. Well, I mean, I really wanted them both to be. I was highly I, disappointed because we like to make them awkward. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? Because, Mom, there's no awkwardness with Sergeant Margaret. No. Whitey, he's got that. I, you know, he's giving her the Heisman. <laughs> and I really wanted their, their their visit to overlap. But This is no lie. He left, and she pulled in 60 seconds later. Yes. Yeah. Maybe less. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. You know, and, and I and I can't talk about my stupid birthday without bringing this up. So the, the, the good people of pride, I don't really like getting gifts. I mean, I like getting gifts. I like for you to come in here and say, Hey, I got you a, a, a brick house t-shirt and throw it to me. I'm like, thank you very much. I love those gifts like that. Yeah. I do not like someone bringing me a, a gift wrapped up and hand it to me and say, here, open it. Like, dude, I would rather get kicked in the freaking balls than, than that. And I think what you're saying is like, it's your birthday. Here's a wrapped present. Like if someone brings me a rat present for nothing, I'll, I'm open up. Let's go. Yeah, I love that. I that I don't mind. But for my birthday, I don't know. I don't want. Yeah. Here you get. I don't. I just don't like the unwrapping in front of us. It doesn't matter the subject. <laughs> if you have a gift for me, just leave it somewhere and I will grab Unwrap. it or you throw it to. Like Haley and I got a system. Like we give each other a gift, you just lay it on the desk and you get away for the when you know the person isn't gonna be there. You're gonna be there at the same time. Like Haley got me a couple of pretty cool gifts and they were laying on my desk when I wasn't there when she knew I wouldn't be there. But anyway, my story was so the people of Pride, they kind of knew that and they knew I didn't want them like going together and buying me something. So they uh did like a, a little, I don't call a fundraiser or something. And, you know, I, I you know, Knuckles kind of the, the gym mascot here, my dog. And I had a dog before that. who was kind of the gym mascot Gia. And I got them both from a place called Hope Animal Rescues. And so they're kind of dear, near and dear to my heart. And uh, so they, they all got together and donated $2,700 in Knuckles' name to uh, Hope Rescues. It's the first I'm hearing of that. Yeah, it's a true Damn. story. Which also... That's- they did it right before circuit, like the day I don't before my birthday, the day after. I'm not sure, but they presented me with one of those big giant checks. And uh, Dr. Turner, Dr. T, they call him our our resident OBGYN here. <laughs> 
Hey, we should have him on the podcast. Let's do it. A gynecologist on the podcast. So he uh, he got he gets on like the megaphone and starts saying all these nice things. And I, I want to apologize. I I reacted horribly to it. Do you know what I'm saying? I just felt awkward. I was trying to turn the music up to drown him. I just wasn't ready for it. Do you know what I'm saying? It took me, and they presented me with this big check, twenty seven hundred dollars to, to, and I do that stuff to other people all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? I just let's get back to this reaction. What it was bad. I was sort of ignoring. Did it, you, did it catch you off it, guard so much you were kind of embarrassed? So I, you tried to ignore it instead of just yes, soaking it in. Yes, I did. And then, like, I was, I, this is a little, this is, this really happened. And this is going to sound too much of a coincidence. So, as he started talking, he's saying all these nice things. And I, I'm not really hearing what he's saying. And I know he's, so I plug, this is true. I plug my, my iPod or my iPhone into the, the stereo at the gym. And I was going to crank it up and drown him out, is what I was going to do. It would not work. <laughs> it wouldn't, like, I don't know why it wouldn't work. Like, we, like, we end up not being able to use my phone to play music during circuit, which we always do. We had to use Haley's. I think it was God's way of saying, nope, not this, you're not drowning. Dude, that is a true story. And then I was flustered because it wouldn't work, and he was saying these things, and they're bringing this giant check in, and then Kim Galanti from Hope Rescues is standing. I, I Where's was, the check? It's in my office. Oh, shit. We got to get that in. <laughs> sure. Maybe if we pause this at some point, we'll bring it in. We're bringing that baby. But yeah, they, they, uh, they, $2,700 and name that, which is just, I've, that's amazing. I have a couple stupid little, little dreams that I hope I have in mm. my life, you know, mm. stupid ones. One, I've always wanted to throw out a first pitch. Uh, I like Bush State. Right, right. Okay. And I've always wanted to get one of those big ass checks. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had my name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so the the birthday was fun. It was it was good stuff. Went and did my little annual trip down to the Ozarks, which was pretty fun. You know, Sammy and Ty always make a you know, they dress they there was like ten people dressed the way I dress. I guess it's the way I dress. I don't know. <laughs> Ty had some American flag nut huggers on, which was disturbing. Which was very disturbing. disturbing but I, you see his legs. I, I've seen better legs under a table. Mm. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was good. I'm glad it's over. But so mm. let's get into I know you're trying to say 40, but let's get into the real number here. Because yeah. this is something that everybody has to, man or woman, mm-hmm. has to come to realization with it. Hitting a big number on a birthday, would it be 21? Or then you start to get a little older and you hit 30. And you're like, shit, what happened to my 20s? <laughs> and then you hit 40 and you're like, 40 is the new 30. Ah, yeah, you make those things. Yeah, up. and then you hit 50. Yeah. And 50 is a big one. Man. Because a lot of things start going in, into your head. In 20 years, I'm 70. In 10 years, I'm 60. God, I used to think those people were so old. So, yeah. So now I'll say this for you. Not many people are guessing you're 50. Yeah. You know, I mean, you stay in shape and we've been blessed with some good genes. Mm-hmm. We, we look a little younger than our age. I don't, I, you look good for 50. You're thanks, thanks, Ross. You're in shape. How's 50 been psychologically? It, not great. It wasn't, and no, no other birthdays really bothered me that much. It's just 50 did kind of bother me. You know what I'm saying? I, and it, I don't, I, I don't know why I, like you said, I, I stay in shape. I work on not looking 50. You know what I'm saying? I stay in shape. I, I kick my ass every day, you know? And yeah. like you said, we do have good genes. You know, I see, so, and I, sorry, but I'll see some people that like I went to high school with or somebody that's 50 years old. I'm like, 
I look like they could be my mom. Now that could just be my own <laughs> yeah. unself awareness. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. <laughs> that could still be. Think, I don't. Still thinking you look like you're thirty. I, you know, right. You see yourself in a different perspective. Right. But you know, and all, I, I, I definitely act younger than fifty, and it's sort of a lot of times an immature way. You know, I wear a Viking helmet and a swimming swimming pool, but. You know, it's just, I, I haven't, I don't have any kids. I've never been married. So I always tell people, like, you got these kids, and I got, I have friends that have grandkids, you know? Yeah. And, and I always say that's a multiplier. So I'm basically, you know, I, I always say that, that, that kids and wives and ex-wives and second marriages, I mean, that ages you a lot, you know? So you so, had a few days there where... I did. It, did. Like, it didn't feel good. Yeah, it didn't. You know, and I, I and there was a point like, I, you know what? I'm just calling this party off. I just want to don't really want to call attention to it. I don't. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, not going to do that. Cause it's like, not going I away. Like parties. But <laughs> but it's like even at I'm about to turn 39. Mm -hmm. Even at my age, you start thinking um, when you start thinking about your age and how quickly it all goes by and how much time you really if if, if you're even lucky enough to live to be and you know your 80s or 90s yeah. how much time you really don't have left and, and and with kids you start thinking about man when my youngest is 21 i'm going to be almost 60 yeah you know so it's you're like fuck my kid's going to be 21, like really starting to develop, becoming a man. I'm going to be fucking 60. <laughs> you know, but, and, and you can do a lot of it. Oh, man, then he gets married. At, if he gets married when I did, I'm going to be fucking 70-something. Yeah. He starts having kids. I'm going to be a grandpa at 70. Fuck, I should have started this a long time. You know, but <laughs> yeah. But I was working on me still right. when I was younger. I wasn't ready for kids. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy the way it all turned out. But I'm just, my point is, if you start thinking about your age and shit, it can fuck with you. Mm -hmm. I agree. But, Try you know, not to do that shit. But also, and I'm going to go rewind a little bit. We work on ourselves hard. Do you know what I'm saying? We work on ourselves physically. You know, we're always, we take our health very important. Like, we make that a, a, a like, huge factor in our life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, that was what I kind of started thinking about that. And the things that I can do that, you know, I know a lot of people that are my age can't do. Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean just working out. I'm, I'm lifting Atlas stones and doing, you know, like crazy workouts like that. But we work at it. You know what I'm saying? We, we, it's, it's, that's what we do. We try to put, like, you and I have talked about diets and stuff in here and things like that. And, you know, so many people out there, just they just let themselves go. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then they get older and then they try to, like, you know, start, oh, I'm 50, I'm going to start now. And it's so hard. That's why, that's why I try to tell kids, you know, like that college athletes that I work with that get out, they graduate and they just kind of start letting themselves go at that point. It's like, no, you're not going to get it back. You know? And I think more people, you, what's that saying? Either take time for your health now, or you're going to be forced to take time for your health later, meaning doctor visits and medication and things like, you know, I have not been to the doctor. I, I, I wouldn't even guess. I don't <laughs> think since I started pride, which was 10 or 11 years ago. <laughs> People are like, hey, did you get this check? Your colonoscopy? Did you get it? like, no, I'm not getting it. I've never gotten any. I haven't, seriously, I haven't, I don't know when the last time I had a, I haven't had a physical in, man, 15 years or something. <laughs> I think the last time I went to the doctors when I, uh, <laughs> dodgeball injury, uh, cut, got caught in the, uh, the hand with a dodgeball thrown by a ruthless Robbie Lawler, <laughs> snapped my wrist back. I went and got three cortisone shots in it. <laughs> so, but yeah. 
Yeah, you you can well, turn back time if you if you work at it a little yeah. bit. I guess it's, a, it, it's so easy. And and me with three kids, it it is so easy to get out of working out and eating healthy. I mean, yeah. it's an everyday challenge, but you know, it's it is my lifestyle, and so I just I'm I'm gonna do it. But I can. I can, there's half of me, there's a little bit of me that can understand how some parents can get away from, I mean, there's just so much, you know, you're working, you're driving, you're, all of a sudden your kids have this and that, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's very easy to get into that slippery slope. Again, take time for your health now, or you're going to be forced to, you know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden you're going to be, you're going to have a hospital stay, or, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be, you know, I have so many friends that are like on all these different medications, I said I haven't been to the doctor. In, I don't know. 12 years. I don't take any medications, any pills, anything. You know, they're taking a medication for their blood pressure, and then they have to take a this blood pressure medicine causes explosive diarrhea. So they got to take they got to take medicine not to have the explosive diarrhea. Which it's just all these different medications that like I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I will. I will go to the extreme ends of the earth to find out what diet and what exercise works that I'm not taking any big. Exactly, like, the dude, the best, the of my life. like, the the exercise and a good diet, I mean, that's the medication you need, you know? Like, if I start, like, if my joints start hurting, it's like, I know my diet is, like, not where it needs Absolutely. to be. You know what I'm saying? And I just clean up the diet, your body feels, my joints feel better right now, better than they did when I was 30 years old. Yeah, and, and, my, you, and you, that, that week that we did, or two weeks, we, we did nothing but carnivore. The first mm-hmm. thing that you said to me yeah. was your joints. Joints feel and, good. Yeah. People don't realize when you eat that bad food and things like that, that's that's in, that's uh, it, 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 it inflames your joints. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why they hurt all the time. You clean up that. You don't need to take pills and medications. Start eating a clean diet, fruits and vegetables, and get rid of the, the sugar. We've talked about sugar a million times on here. You know, it's a freaking devil. You get rid of that, your joints will feel better. And then people are like, oh, I can't work out or this because my knees and that hurt. One, eat better. They'll, I promise you they'll start feeling. And if I put on, if I put on like a big freaking weight vest on me that weighed 70 pounds, my joints would hurt too if you walked around on that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like your people that are overweight, your body isn't meant to carry that weight. Yeah. So there your joints, your knees are gonna hurt. You know, say you have a big belly like this, you know what's gonna hurt? Your lower back because it's having to support that weight from pulling you forward. You know? I, I mean, the diet and exercise is the greatest medication, therapy, you know, things like that. Yep. You know? And, and and don't get me wrong. There's a few there's some things out there that you gotta you gotta go to your doctor for. They may put you on something. But yeah. the majority of stuff and what we're talking about here can be taken care of with the right exercise and diet. Yeah. Like I it, and I hate to even say this, but like if I found out I had cancer, I don't know one, I don't know how to even find out. If I, but if I did, I don't think I would get chemo. I mean, there's there's natural things out there that you can do to that that help. There really is. And I know people are watching like you're an idiot. Maybe, but I, I really believe that. You know That's the route you'd go. I would. Yeah. I would. You know, you and I, like, you talk about the whole, co- you and I never had COVID. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, it's just because our body, we've built up immune, our immune system. We've built up, you know, our, our bone density and our, our, you know, our cartilage and everything. And just, 
if you work on yourself, you can make yourself bulletproof. That's how I always say it. Make yourself bulletproof. <laughs> as bulletproof. I want to be as bulletproof as I possibly can. Exactly. Absolutely. Are we bulletproof? No. No, but not. know that. But, but every day make, I try to be a little bit closer to I'm going to make something take me out, and it's going to be fucking hard. <laughs> that's, that's all you can do. I'm thinking you know? a fiery <laughs> crash or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, moving on from that, I want to bring up a little something. Um, so I had to do a speech. I was going to ask. Yeah, I meant to ask you about that. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it last time, but we got right into Medford. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give Todd a little shit. I was going to uh, had to do the speech. I'm not great at speeches. Um, haven't given one for a long time. I used to have to do them before like uh, or after basketball season. You mm-hmm. do a, you do the ceremony, the banquet thing, you do the banquet. <clears throat> and, and at Beardstown, we'd have it, it they had a hell of a s- setup there. They would they would go to the, the Elks in town. There would be a meal. And so whatever season was in then, winter, so it's wrestling, basketball, every, every sport, they all go to this this big banquet hall, get fed, have dinner, and then all the coaches sit up at the top table. Mm-hmm. And there's a podium in the middle. Each coach goes up and, and does their speech, um, give out their awards in front of everyone, parents, grandparents, every kid. Is, there's a lot of people in those yeah. rooms. And as the boys basketball coach boys basketball was always last so i had to go up and get and i just i dreaded them yeah i've never been a good a good public speaker um and so there's um there's there's and i'm gonna give you a little shit because you know todd can fucking speak he can come up with speeches <laughs> i tried to get todd to help me out a little uh, bit all right don't know. don't make me i come back at <laughs> you on that. i'm gonna come back at you no, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't give you a lot of time but um, anyway, so I had to write. I, I did this speech all by myself. Well, let's which talk. Now about, I'm kind of well, I'm very happy. Well, what, hold on. Let's talk. We're kind of seeing the part. Like this, what you were, what you were asked to do is a, a ginormous uh, honor. Yeah, you know what I'm oh, saying. A, like, a, 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 yes. a, tell, tell, tell everybody about the, like this legendary coach up in Beardstown where you used to coach. Tell the story about one who he was and how how you knew him. Okay, so I go to Beardstown. Don't know anybody there, um, and. He becomes he was he was the boys basketball coach for twenty something years. Mm-hmm. Took him to state a few times. I, I had all these stats uh, a while back, but I won twelve regionals, so many sectionals, winning his coach in Beerstown history in the basketball hall of fame. Basketball hall nice and football hall of fame. Football hall. <laughs> he actually got hired at Beardstown for to be the head football coach first. Uh-huh. Um he was really a basketball guy, but he came in, turned the program around. They went from, like, one win the season before to, like, eight and making the playoffs right off the bat. And um, and then he got the head basketball job and moved to that, and and the rest is history. But he uh, he came, he was retired from coaching and teaching when I got up there. Now, was he was – he He's right. not who I took over for. Okay. There was, there was a coach in between. Okay. Um, so he – they had lost their girls' basketball coach right before the school season started, or the school year started. She took a job right, I mean, weeks or week. And so they, and you're pretty much screwed when that happens. So he stepped up and took the job. So the same year I'm going up there to become the head boys' basketball coach, he stepped in for the girls. So, I mean, you got to communicate with the girls' coach, you know, all kinds of different things with the gym times mostly and just different things like that, uh, walkthroughs and whatever. Um, so the first year, I mean, he, he's a hard ass. He's a, he, he was in the army. Uh, shoot, he, he went to, he went to the army, came back, went to Illinois college is in their hall of fame for <laughs> how many hall of fames is this guy in? Yeah. He's in the hall of fame up, 
an IC for baseball and basketball, possibly football. <laughs> so, you know, X, X, um, X, I wanted to say Marine, but that might not be right. But anyway, so he's in the Army, comes back, he um, <clears throat> gets an education, and, and so goes back. So he's a hard ass. So he's not easily impressed. He's, you can't give any, you know, smoke up his ass, and he's going to like you. Mm-hmm. So tough, tough guy to impress. He's yeah, not not taking anything fake. And so after the first year, I mean, our relationship's a little rocky. Um, didn't get off, you know, on the right foot. Well, you're, you're how old are you I'm at that 25. point? Twenty five. I don't know. And shit. how old is he at this point? Uh, you know, he's in his seventies, and he's in Hall of Fame <laughs> and things like. And here comes this punk ass kid. Exactly. You exactly <laughs> thinks he knows basketball and you don't know shit. So uh, after. He did the girls program for th- the first three years I was up there. After the second season, in that season, I started asking him questions about, hey, what would you do in this situation? We started talking basketball a little bit. He started to allow me to talk basketball a little bit, with, you know. And <laughs> Was so, he very standoffish at first, like? Just no, I you can just, just re- wasn't approachable. Not you approachable. can tell, yes. he, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't want to, he didn't want to talk to a 25 year old punk. <laughs> what kind of haircut did he have? Well, he had no fucking hair. Oh, yeah, I, I was just picking me, me and you, me and you, <laughs> <laughs> the tough guy. Like, yeah. okay, I was picturing a flat top. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say flat top back in the like day. the gym teacher from Beavis and Butthead. I'm yeah. Picturing, yeah, so uh, you know, I mean, he he stayed in good shape. I mean, he. Not, not a fat guy. Not, I mean, he just he, he probably like I am whenever I get to that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so anyway, so towards the end of that second year, I start kind of picking his brain about some things, and that led into just talking about life a little bit. Still wasn't a great relationship, but he uh, he at the end of that season, we did a jersey turn in and stuff like that, and <clears throat> so we're sitting on the bleachers uh, one day before that day. And uh, we, it was a half day of school or whatever, and that's why we were doing them on that day. But he walks in, he sits down, we're talking, blah, blah, blah. And he says to me, this is a true fuck story. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he puts his hand, as he goes to leave, he's going to go into the office or whatever, he puts his hand on my, on my knee, and he says, Ross, you're a fucking idiot, but you're going to be all right. <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> I, 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 hey, I think I won. Those, those are exact words. You're fucking idiot. I think you're gonna be all right. <laughs> so, so to back up a little, so so then after that, our relationship took off. We, you know, we'd go get beers. We talk basketball all the time. His family invite me over for dinner. You know, home cooked meals. I, yeah, because you're up there by yourself. Yeah, I'm at that two point. hours away. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so before, like they, before we met Don. Yeah, brought yeah. me into their family. Yeah. Though, okay. So so it took off after that. So he got into bad health, um, cancer, and I mean he's also 92 and. Um, so I went up to see him, um, say my goodbyes and stuff like that. But the, um, his grandson played for me, starting point guard for him for three years. And I have a very good relationship with him still to this day. And he got a hold of me after his, after Bob had passed away and asked me if I would speech, I would speak during his life, his celebration of life. Really? Yeah. A truly a fucking honor. That is such a This honor. guy has touched, he's been, a, you know, I think three different high schools have coached so many people, have touched so many people's lives from students and p- coworkers, mm-hmm. uh, players um, from football, basketball, softball. It goes on and on and on, you know, and to live. And the you've life been gone from there for 
a long time. Seven years now. <laughs> yeah. You know? So he became a huge mentor for me. Mm-hmm. After after bad, you know, after a bad loss or something, him coming into the locker room at the right time, him asking me to go get a beer. Is always mm-hmm. the timing of it. He always knew because he'd been there. He always knew what I needed, you know. And so our relationship just really grew. And I mean, it gave me when he asked me that question, it gave me chills for mm-hmm. you know when the son asked you when to he speak, asked me that yeah. grandson asked you to gave speak, me yeah. chills, and you're so honored. Absolutely, I will. And then you know, as a best man speech or anything else, then you're leading up to those. Like, oh, it's such an honor. I can't wait. This guy. And then you're like, then you're like, oh, now I have to actually in. write it and do it. Yeah. And so they had they had a little funeral um, beforehand, and then after the funeral was the celebration of life was at the high school gym in Beerstown, newer gym, ten years old or fifteen years old, mm-hmm. um, big at the gym. You knew, and you knew that it was going to be packed. Packed. Yeah. And so, you know, you walk up to a podium, you're there on an <laughs> island by yourself, and you're just and, looking and, at and a first, packed gym, you know, you're just looking at the crowd. And first of all, first of all, you've been gone there for seven years, and so they're like, what's this guy doing back? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, they don't realize the relationship, a lot of people probably there didn't realize the relationship you had established, him being a mentor to you and things like that. A lot of these people are like, who the hell is this Ross Locks? He was here for, you know, how many years were you there? Six. Six. Like, he was there for six years. He's been gone seven, and all of a sudden they ask him to be one of the speakers there. And that was in the back of my mind, you know, a little bit after I got that. You're just so honored. And, you know, then I start writing the speech and, and taking notes, what I want to talk about. And in the back of my head comes a girl. I'm like, man, I'm going to go up there. There's going to be a lot of people that see my name on this list. And I come up there, I'm like, why the fuck is he? Why yeah. is he talking? Because they don't understand our relationship. And me and Bob had stayed to- close even after. I mean, mm-hmm. him and his wife had come down several times. I ever go up there. I always go see him. Yeah. Know. Um, so we stayed in contact, um, but our relationship really was that tight in the last three years I was up there. And so I, it, it, Bob's not one of going to talk about, Oh yeah, I was talking to coach locks. I gave him some tips on it. That's not his yeah. style. He ain't telling anybody anything. You know, he, he'd tell me, Hey, yeah, I'd take him to go, rec- uh, scout teams with me and stuff, <laughs> you know? And it was just always fun. Cause he's just such a character and to hear him talk about this or that. I mean, it's just story after story and, the, the guy was amazing and just fun to be around. And so our relationship grow and he ain't going to tell anybody, Oh yeah. I'm, Coach locks is down there running that offense or he ran that play because I told him it was going to work. Yeah. He don't, you know, he don't tell anybody that shit. He's not taking credit for anything whenever he helps you figure something out. And so anyways, the day of the speech comes, I, I think I do a pretty good job. I'm, um, I write some good things. I, 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 um, I, I start them off with this story on the speech and I'll get back and giving a speech is so hard, yeah. you know? And so there's, I believe there's probably a science kind of out there of how you want to grab their attention and different things. I, I don't know any of that shit, but I'm sure there's, it's out there. Right. And I do know that doing this show definitely helped me do that. You know, I've never came and talked like the way we talk on here. P- people don't realize it's this is, and this is going to sound so corny to people listening and watching. But like when you put these headphones on, we hear ourselves talk, and you put a microphone in front of you and 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 cameras, like it becomes it's not easy to do. You know, so I've had people who've like seen me do it, so they kind of started doing differently. Like it's not that easy, you know. So yeah, I'm sure it's it's helped prepare you a little bit. Absolutely. You know? So I so I I had this. Um, they had told me, hey, everybody's wearing orange and black. That's all, that's all they really told me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to a celebration of life, and 
I have you know, me, me and you are the same. I have all the every T-shirt I've had from Beerstown. I kept them all, <laughs> right. all the T-shirts. Now the coaching stuff I gave away before I left and things yeah. like that. So all I got is orange and black T-shirts, uh-huh. and so they want everybody in orange and black. Well, I'm going through this this base, basement closet that we have where we keep all our stuff. You don't want to throw away, you know, but yeah. you don't <laughs> you don't need in your closet. Yeah. And there's this there's this one orange and black. It's a checkered orange, black, and white uh, button up shirt. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Oh, great. Yeah. You know, I'm a little dressed up, got a button up on, but I'm not, mm. no tie. Well, I show up, well, everybody's wearing fucking t-shirts. <laughs> they were? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, I had some badass t-shirts, but it worked out anyway. So this, this button up shirt I, I wore, I wore a one fucking game up there. One? One game. And I brought this in the speech. And uh, a buddy of mine that I became real close with, that's a, a parent of actually a couple of my players that were there. Um, that's where I stayed when I went up there. And if I ever go up there, I stay there. And, um, so me and him were talking before the game and he, he's, he's always joking and shit. And he, and he says to me, he's like, he's, he makes fun of my shirt, whatever he says. He that, made, so when you wore that shirt for the game, time, that one game my, you my wore buddy, it, your buddy, buddy made my buddy, fun my buddy of you. Made fun of it. What'd he say? <laughs> I don't remember, you know, but he wears a flat bill hat and he's, he's, he's a duck hunter beard down to here. I mean, uh-huh. he looks like a duck hunter point on, <laughs> right. You know, Plain t-shirt. And you got this black and orange checkered yeah, button yeah. up on. He's making fun of yeah, you. Got it. No. So yeah. you never wore it again. <laughs> so in the speech, you know, I say, you know, I, I tell that little story right right off the bat. <clears throat> and um tell the story and said, you know, but you know, love you, Scott. You know, but nobody's taking fashion advice from Scott Vermillion, you know, <laughs> blah, blah blah. And I go, but I go after the game it was it was a it was a tough loss. Me and Bob went and had some beers as me and Bob would. This is the beer. night you wore the shirt Same actually night. at the game, not this. Like, you yes. get wore it that you wore it to the, the game. Still on. Still, okay. Yeah, that shirt. You have to have beers. You got the shirt on. So we have a couple beers and we're talking about the game a little bit and and only how Bob can. Bob looks over and he says, "Well, maybe if we would have wore a different shirt, you would have won." <laughs> I never wore I maybe this shirt just isn't cut out for Beardstown. I never wore it again. So I told that story. That was my first paragraph. I told that story. So that they, is all, they a, all start cracking. Up, it's a know? great it's great that you still had this shirt. Can't that, believe, I, why would I, I have that wore shirt? Wore it one time. One time. To, you, I've one guy, your times. buddy rips on it. Your mentor rips on it. You never wore it, but you keep it. But I keep the shirt. Why I still had it. Oh, I mean, that's, five different times. Yeah. I have no idea. But so, <laughs> so it, it, it was a good and as I'm as I'm sitting there waiting like I was the seven, uh, I think eight people spoke, so I would have been like the six, uh-huh. six, six guy. And people are, you know, people are fucking killing it. Yeah. And so then you start, I start second guessing myself. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I, I should. And you're wearing this ugly yeah. ass shirt. People are like, I why should, is he wearing this ugly shirt? <laughs> I should skip that first paragraph. That's fucking cheap. Like, I'm trying to get him to laugh. I'm not a jokester. I'm not tired. I got to cut that paragraph out. Yeah. But then, you know, then the other side, well, fuck that. You wrote it down, you're fucking right. You're, right. you're saying, okay. Right. So that's that's the one part um, that I wanted to bring up about speech. And the other part, so. Is the shirt? Hold on. Is the shirt really bad? Is it terrible? No, no it's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. And, I, and, and hey, afterwards, people coming up like, I, I love it. Oh, it's a nice shirt. I mean, it's, a, it's from Express. It's well. It fits well. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's not bad. I got you. Nice cut on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, another one um, leading up to it. You know, you don't know who's gonna be there. And that story that I told about Bob saying, "You're a fucking idiot." Yeah. <clears throat> I said it like that. I dropped the f bomb. <laughs> no, okay. so you told okay, so so um, I write the speech and I put in there, you know, I put in quotes. You're a fucking idiot. Uh-huh. Like I'm saying this, yeah. 
And then because he was a you, you and I have talked about it. He cussed. Like, yeah, he yeah, was he an army. He was in the army. He would. Yeah. Yeah. He cussed. So, but as the day comes, that you're, you're, day I'm driving saying, up there. Yeah. And I got my speech down pretty good. And I'm going to man. I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to call Ty. I'm going to get Ty's advice. Mm-hmm. He gives us the good advice, you know. So I call him and say, listen, I break that part of the speech down. And I'm like, he's like, no, you can't say that. He's like, there's going to be kids there. You know, they're coming from a funeral. But it's like a celebration of life. You can't say that. I'm like, I know. I'm like, that's what I'm thinking now. Before, Mm -hmm. I'm like, like, no, this is Bob saying it. I'm like, people are going to get it. If the people there, they know that he's, that's the way he is. I'm like, man, I'm like, they fuck, they they asked a fucking bar owner. What are they <laughs> You know? You own a so, tavern. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, man, I, these people, I'm not going to see them anymore. I want to say what Bob said. Yeah. But you start having such second doubts about it. And so I call Ty, and we go over, and he's like, no, you can't say it. You can't say it. And then I bring up, you know, and I'm like, ah, man, I agree with you. But then I bring up some point, like, this is how Bob would talk. Yeah. This is what he would yeah. say, you know? And it's like, I'm either going to go down in flames because people are going to be like, the hell is this dickhead doing? Or they're gonna love it. All right. I want to go for the love it. The, okay? the people that truly know him would love it. Yeah. And if they if they didn't truly know him and they don't laugh and they think it was bad, then you know what? You probably shouldn't be sitting in that gym anyway. You so know? that was a big decision. Do I say it or not say it? <laughs> so once yeah. I once at the end of the conversation, Ty's like, yeah, you gotta say yeah. it. You gotta say it. So I'm like, I'm saying it. All right. So at that point, I'm like, all right, whatever is down on here, I'm saying. Yeah. I got I'm sold. Okay. And then I still had second doubts. But that <laughs> came right back into me. And I and I and I went with it all. So when I went to say when I went to say it, I, I dropped. So these are Bob's words, mm-hmm. not mine. Yeah, you know. And so then I told the story, and then I said it, and the fucking crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so I got him laughing a couple times. Yeah. Okay. And now my next, then I lead into, you know, I tell him this little story about me going up to see Bob the last time to say my uh, goodbye. This was like he was on hospice. Yes, he's he on hospice. hospice, and they're like, hey, if you want to come see him, mm-hmm. you know, last opportunity. So. So I say, t- you know, I tell the crowd, <clears throat> you know, the story about Bob telling me, hey, you're a fucking idiot, but you're going to be all right. <laughs> and so then my next slide, then I lead into, you know, two weeks ago, I got to go up and say, Bob, say my goodbyes to him. And um, I think I turned out being all right in Bob's eyes is because when I go to leave that day after spending all day with him, I've been down and I tell him how much I appreciate everything he's done for him. I love him, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> he grabs my hand and he says to me, like he remembered telling me that, mm-hmm. he says, Ross, you turned out to be a pretty good man. <sighs> you know, and it just like right there, I'm like, uh, oh. so then I hit him with that. You know, yeah. like a laugh, laugh, and right, laugh. Yeah. And it's like, it put on matter. the heartstrings. It didn't matter what happened the rest of the speech. <laughs> I felt like I won. You know, I, I felt good. I got you're standing up there. With, <laughs> you're standing up there with a boner in your <laughs> ugly shirt. <laughs> it didn't matter. And, and I bring all this up because of how much anxiety, like, public speaking gives me and has always given me in my yeah. life. But, like, what we do here, um, I don't want to give speeches, but what I'm saying, it helped tremendously. Yeah. But the the feeling afterwards of feeling like you did a good job and and how serious I took this because of the honor, I really didn't want to fuck it up. And But everything, I just I spoke from the heart and I broke it down to make it in, in parts. One story led to another, and it helped me memorize it. So, you know, I was able to do, if I had five or six paragraphs, I was able to just talk and, and mem- had probably more than half written down and had to read a few. And even though I, I had it down enough where even the ones I had to read, I could still look up and go and then look down a little bit. And so, 
and how how important it was to me and what it meant to me to go up there and give that speech and then come out feeling like I did a good job and I and I did this guy justice of what he did for me in my life. Yeah, it, it, that's it, amazing. That's a freaking great story. That's amazing. I wish I, now I'm like God. I wish I'd have met the guy. Yeah, he he <laughs> for forever. I mean, he's worth just one of those dudes in life that worth meeting. Like a guy that we should have had on the show. Or yeah, you know, difficult because he's so far away and things like that. But. Mm. Yeah, so that was just a little moment in my life. It was just kind of a, a something different that I never that I've never walked out of a speech feeling good or think I did a good job. But what an honor, though. Yeah, right? it's an honor. Still think yeah. about it, and it's like I can't believe that I was one of those people. I think you would have liked your speech. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> it's been a pretty good show for nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, one one more thing that that I bring that up, and you know, also I, I want to um, real quick, you know, Mike Dree passed away. Yeah. Um, and so last week I, I went down to his um, his showing, um, and uh, we had talked about Mike before um, and and getting him on the show. Yeah, because we know been, how good he would he would it would have been it would have been it, it would have been a great show because he was a radio guy his whole life his whole life. Yeah, he would have came in here and just made me and you sound <laughs> so terrible, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and. And looking back and why I bring that up is we sit here and we talk about, hey, we should get this guy on the show. We should get this guy on the show. And then all of a sudden, this guy's gone way too soon. Yeah. And, it, and it makes me reflect and look back like, man, how quick life really goes by. We've already talked about it a little bit. And that, man, don't waste those moments. Like, wish we would have had him on the show. Yeah. Not just for us. But so but people you know, hear his story. People yeah. can hear his story. Yeah. His kids can go back and listen to that. Or, you know, what, yeah. whatever. Um but yeah, that's a uh, life is quick, and man, I I, I was sitting condolences to, to the Drew family. I'm close yeah. with all great of them. family. He's the best friend of mine, and yeah. I mean, it breaks my heart for the family because they they all looked up to their dad so much, and he was he had done so much, and uh, you know. he had man from being like you know running a radio station to being like what's when the president like he was president of the university, he was the mayor of the town he was yeah. in up in Fairfield. He's just done. So he was my senior year. Obviously I didn't play basketball my senior year, but like they, cause they had, they had a really good team at CM that year. Yeah. And uh, so there was a lot of people who were decent at basketball that didn't play basketball cause they were, you know, they were stacked. So we, we, we put together this little Bethalto stars team. It was me and like Mike Wallace and Brandon Waters. Of all people who didn't play on the high school. Didn't play, yeah. Okay. Uh, like I said, Mike Wallace, Brandon Waters, Dennis Ewing, Bill Pining, different people like that. Good, Pretty good athletes. Yeah. And Bethalto Stars. And we would go around and play different boys clubs in the area, like St. Charles, Missouri. We'd go over there and play. We'd play the Alton the Alton Boys Club. Just, you know, it's kind of like a legit team. I like, like a club, Mike. A club, sort of club team. So Mike Dreeth was our coach, <laughs> you know. And I've played on a, I've played a lot of sports, and I played on a lot of different teams in my life. And, and let me tell you that that was the most fun team, the most fun sport I ever played that year. And it was be, because of him. I, I he believe it. Just made it fun. He motivated. Not a, he was funny. He was motivating. You know. And he, at the time, he was doing something with Lewis uh, WLCA, the Lewis and Clark College radio station. I don't, I'm not sure what he was doing. General man or something there. Yeah. And so, like before the game, he would always like have the like the DJ. He would have him like say something about us, and we he'd turn it on. Shout out to the Boston Stars. Like, yeah, we have like a radio. He'd turn tune it in. Like say the game's at seven at six forty five. They'd be like, here's a little shout out to the Bethalto Stars. <laughs> 
cars, you know, go out there and beat the hell out of the Alton High or something like that. You know, he always did little, he'd always have like little funny things for the DJ to say. Yeah. I, I just did a little generic thing, but he'd always have something for him funny to say. And anytime I would see him out, you know, see him after that, he would always tell funny stories because we was always getting in fights Great with the other, We'd always fight the other boys' club teams that we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 that those stories are for another time but yeah he would always like bring those up and he's he was a great storyteller great. he you, you no one no one can tell a better story than him yeah. you know what i'm saying he was um he was the dad that took that coached us me and andy and all our friends he put uh -huh. together the team for us it was always all batalto kids and i mean it was probably fourth grade or whatever and we went and played in all these different leagues and things like that like Without and you know I love fucking basketball uh -huh. and you don't you take it for granted back then but now looking back like man if, if it wasn't for Mike Dreef putting together his team that we played through you know all through junior high and stuff like I would have missed out on being able to play basketball a lot you know it would have been school and, and right that's it until I got in high school and played a little because this was before like all this yeah yeah, yeah 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 so he uh, above us uh, you know before his time a little bit and mm -hmm. put together his team and we he would call up places and get us in all kinds of stuff and. Did a did a lot for the kids of my age, and I'm sure you know I'm sure there's thousands of kids that he did you know had the same story, and I'll I'll, I'll leave with with this last story of him, love it, <clears throat> didn't know about it until this weekend, um, when he started WBGZ, uh, him and his father started it, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and his dad was uh, ex the chief police of Bethalto. he had retired, so they started started to stay bought the station, renamed it. <clears throat> So, to get attention for the station, uh, the Pulaski Day it was the first time Pulaski became a holiday. Mm -hmm. And so, Mike, to draw attention, does a radio prank <laughs> and starts telling everybody that there's going to be a Pulaski parade down in Alton. It's <laughs> <laughs> really not a parade. <laughs> All these people go down for the parade, <laughs> ready for the parade. People love parades. People love parades. <laughs> no parade. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody starts blowing up WBGZ <laughs> bitching at him. <laughs> there's really no parade, Bob. Uh, that, that's a great prank. story. Yeah. yeah, what a I, good dude. You know, and you know he's pa he passed on a lot of traits. His kids are they're all the, all the Dreeth boys are funny and just you know what I'm saying good good dudes. So yeah. you know they they like you said they did love their dad. Just a great yeah. guy. So. So this has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. Slay on, brother. Slay on, brother.